But last week, after the dust settled, <laughs> we talked about a message called The Promised One, that Jesus was exactly as advertised. But the problem is the people of his time didn't exactly read the advertisement. What do you mean by that? Jesus was everything that he promised. Come here, sweetie. Come on, if you won't be up here, you're gonna be, you're gonna be up here, you're gonna be up here. Come on. She's like, hi. Come on. Hold on real quick. All right. So, so the people of Jesus' time, he's like, you know, everybody thought he was gonna be like, you know, days of Elijah, Jesus, behold, he comes riding on the clouds. They wanted, they wanted, there's no God like Jehovah, that Jesus. But they got Jesus, Jesus. Oh, what a wonderful child. What I mean that, so they, they didn't get on a horse, long flowing hair, right, and riding in with an army, like we about to take over this. We about to come out this exile. No, they got, yeah, he a, car, he a carpenter, he from Nazareth. Like, you know, people, when you tell, man, where are you from? Where you live? I live in Lancaster. Oh. Jesus, where Jesus from? He from Nazareth. Oh. <laughs> like us, like us. Where y'all from? We from Linden. Oh. <laughs> so he wasn't from Jerusalem. He wasn't big time. He looked, he was I. Right. He was he was he was he was he was good. He was decent looking. No, he was pretty average. He was five out of six out of ten. You know, we you know he wasn't he wasn't rich. His his parents, we, we really they we knew that his daddy was a carpenter. That's pretty much the extent of his life, of what we know of, of Joseph. But he was everything that the prophets promised. Now, Isaiah broke it down quite clearly who, where, where, who, who he was going to become and the qualifications. He fit every single qualification. But the problem is the people, especially the people in power, didn't pay attention to the details that were given to them in Isaiah, which they had, they must, they had to have read to be in their role. To even be a man in Jewish custom, you have to have read what? Isaiah. And the Messianic prophecies were right there in their face. Everything we read, we, everything we read, they read. But also on the other turn that Jesus keeps his promises. There we go. That Jesus keeps his promises to us. That, in, that what he says is what he says, and what he has promised us is what he has promised us. And he is not slack concerning his promises. What does that mean? He don't lie. He does not lie concerning what he says. So what he said is what he said, and what he's going to do is what he's going to do. So today's candle, since it's in today's Sunday candle, whatever, is the Bethlehem candle. We're going to talk about the journey. And this message is a simple title. Probably one of the simplest titles you ever, you ever heard me say. The title of the message is There. Everybody say There. There. And we're going to pray right now that this message manifests itself on my computer in the name of Jesus. No, we're going to go blind. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for the word that is about to come forth. We command technology to work right now in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, we just pray right now that these words that come out of my mouth be your words and your thinking and your actions rather than mine. Lord God, we come against all distractions. Lord God, we pray that, that everything cooperates. We pray that all the internet works. And God, we just glorify and magnify your name. Why? Because you are just that good. You are just that faithful. And Lord God, we just decree and declare right now that everything we need, you will provide. And God, we give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, now you want somebody to see you. Okay. Go with me to the book of Micah. Yes, we're going, old, we're going obscure Old Testament today. To the book of Micah, chapter 1. Micah, chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Micah. Chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Give y'all a second to get there. So we're, we're going to be looking at the prophecy because there was prophecy that, that there's a lot of prophecy that came when Jesus, and, and discussing Jesus in the Old Testament. And the thing is, a lot of people don't really talk about it. Trayon, if you're back there, can you please hand me my phone? Typically, I will wing it, but there is information in this message that I need to be able to give you so you understand it. Because we've been going left, right, forward, back, and straight. So the, so the prophet Micah, which is a, who is a minor prophet, chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Micah chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. So this is, the, this is one of the prophecies that tells about where, Je where exactly where Jesus is to be born. And it reads as this. Now, daughter who is under attack, you slash yourself in grief. A siege is set against us. They are striking the judge of Israel on the, che on the cheek with a rod. Bethlehem Ephratah, you are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from eternity. Therefore, he will abandon them until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers will return to the people of Israel. So that was the prophecy that says he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Now, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. 
And Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David. To be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough because there was no room for them in the lodging place. So, let me give you some background. We're going to hope and pray and remember all the stuff that was in my notes. Because it's like, I'm, I'm not going to appear in your tablet, Kev. Okay. So, here are the notes. Bethlehem was pretty much, sadly, the Lancaster of the Jerusalem Metroplex. It was about 10 kilometers, so we're looking at, you know, 21 miles away from Jerusalem. Now, Jesus, Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, had to come from Nazareth up to Bethlehem to be counted. Now, let's break this down. Nazareth to Bethlehem in biblical times should have taken four days. Now, you know, we didn't have cars. They didn't have horses. They had donkeys or feet. So they had four days to get from point A to point B. And, the, and here's the thing. The journey was actually a week to 10 days. Y'all like, how was that? They had to cut around Samaria. They're like, what? Yep. They had to cut around Samaria to get to Bethlehem for Mary's safety. That's deep, right? Now, either way it was going to go, they had to go to Bethlehem. What? Because Jesus, as prophesied, came from the line of David. Let me tell you how deep this is. He came from the line of David from both sides. Y'all like, what? Yeah, we go, can we go deep today? Can, Pastor Denise, can we go a little bit deep today? He came from the line of David from both sides. That from the line of Joseph, as we see in Matthew 1, in the genealogy of Jesus, that they went 42 generations all the way back, and Joseph came from the line of Solomon. Mary came from the line of, Na of, the line of, of David's son, Nathan. So 42 generations later, these two come together. So, and also, Jewish heritage is not from the father's side, it's from the mother's side. Y'all are like, what? Yes. At home, y'all are like, I ain't know all that. That's why we study, amen? So, Jesus really, Joseph really wasn't that necessary. But, you got to understand this now, but in Jewish custom, if Mary all of a sudden came up pregnant without a husband, she would not be honored or treated fairly. Amen? So Joseph was, was designed to be the covering. So either way, he was going to come from the line of David. So because of Joseph's side, they had to go to Bethlehem. Now, let me, now I blew your mind on that one, right? So let me blow your mind again. 
So you are writing, you are, your ego is prego. You prego, you about to pop prego, like you nine plus months. Like pregnant waddle prego. And you have to sit on a donkey or walk or for a journey that should take four days. But it has to take, but it ends up taking seven to ten. Because you got to go around Samaria, because Samaria's beef and, and, and the Jewish people's beef was like East Coast, West Coast rap. Somebody would have died. So, my God. So, they ha so she is about to pop, Prego. About to just go get a birth, be born at any second. Are you ready for your mind to be blown? Don't get mad at me. It's in the word, and I'll show you where, and I'll, and I'll show you how it works out. Jesus was not born in December. I'll let that settle in for a second. Jesus was not born on December 25th. He was born in September during the Feast of Tabernacles. And we talked about study, exegesis, study. He was not born in December. The reason why we celebrate Christmas in December, in December was because the people, the powers that be, wanted everybody to be all happy and loving together. So they, so they merged the birth of Christ with the, with the winter solstice. That's why we celebrate in December. So picture this. You are on a beast of burden or on your feet for at least 20 miles a day for seven to ten days just to get counted and go back. And it's the middle of September in the Middle East. Uh, the current, based on current, re current records, based on current records, the average high in September is 85 degrees in Israel. You see, you see, see where we're going with this? See where we're going with this? So this journey was not easy. It was hot and you're pregnant. How uncomfortable pregnant, your clothes are your your clothes are made of wool or woolen-ish. You know, the I was talking, I remember talking with some of my Somali students when I was teaching at Horizon, and they would wear wear their their um their traditional garb at times. And I'm like, hey, uh, ain't y'all hot in that? It be August. And they're like, no, airflow, it's great. But you're in the middle of the desert. It's not like you have on shorts and a t-shirt. You are covered. And the women also had their heads covered as well. So you, so she was pregnant, uncomfortable, on a donkey, hot as, hot as East Missouri, whatever, burning up beyond all reason, and having to turn around and just go. And this is the part of the story they don't talk about. Did y'all notice that in the, in the Luke reading? Yeah, it was like they went to Bethlehem. He's born. They sure don't talk about the journey. And that's the same way that same thing that happens with us in life. That we tend to praise God for the victory, but we don't discuss the journey. But the journey is just as significant as the destination. The journey is just as important just as crucial as the destination. I'm trying to remember the next scripture because I need I need to break I gotta break this down for real in my mad these notes just said uh, we are retired we are retiring from the game of note taking. So like legit it's like I've never it's like I never wrote the message. 
but nevertheless, we shall proceed. All right, Trayon, what's the next scripture that's on there? There we go. Actually, go to, not that one. No, let's go back. We won't start here. Mm-hmm. All right, so go back to the Hebrew scripture. We're going to break this down. Thank you, love. There we go. So let's go to Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. Hebrews 10, 35 to 39, and it says this. Don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For, if, for, your, for you need endurance so that after you have done God's will, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, the coming one will come and not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. Everybody say faith. And if he draws back, I have no pleasure in him. But we are not those who draw back and are destroyed, but those who have faith. Everybody say faith. And obtain life. So here's the thing. Here's the reality of, of, the, of the journey to get to there. Because we don't, we all, again, we talk about the there, but we don't talk about the, the destination. The first thing you got to have is faith. Because all you know is that God is telling you to go from here to here. God always shows, God tends to show us the end result of things, but then he'll give us clips of the middle. But doesn't tell us, this is what you're going to go through. Because if you knew what you had to go through to get there, you sure wouldn't do it. I bet, see, see, the reason why it took them so long is because Joseph knew, if we go the quick route, we got to go through Samaria, and I love my wife, and I don't want her to die. Again, East Coast, West Coast, wrap. Straight beef. All because of the place of worship. Ain't that deep. Samaria and, and, and the Jewish people's beef was over where and how to worship. That's it. They looked like each other. They acted like each other. They had similar customs. But it was all about who, who, where to worship and how to worship. That was the beef. So because, because the Baptists don't like the Pentecostals, I got to go around town because I know what lies on the journey. But for us, we don't know where this going to go. I, if I don't know where this going to go, it was very, it was sobering to me before I came here. I stopped by New Connections because today is their last service. They, today, their church is closed. And I was sitting there and I'm going, God, I don't get this. I don't understand this. And I'm like, God, why am I sitting here? They're closing their doors. But we're experiencing the, the most significant season of increase in the life of this church. I don't get it. But God said, it's not about, yes, the, the journey is just as important as the destination. I'm just shifting them to the next part of the journey. So even them closing their doors, even us going, it's a walk of faith because we don't know what's coming next. So to, to get there, we have to have faith. The second thing is this. The second one is endurance. The notes are coming back now. <laughs> All right, so the next, let's go to the next scripture. So this is Jesus talking. Matthew 24, 9 through 14 says this. 
Then they will hand you over for persecution. This is talking about life in the last days. And they will kill you, for you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Then many will take offense, betray one another, and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Because of lawlessness will multiply, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be delivered. He that endures to the end shall be saved. So we have faith to get there, but now we have to get, have some endurance. Because there are going to come times and moments in this walk, in this journey, where it's not going to be easy. I tell people, look. Yes, yes, salvation is free. It is wonderful, but you're going to have to go through some stuff. But having a relationship with Jesus Christ gives you the strength to go through it. I bet you there were times when she was on that donkey that she looked at Joseph and said, do we really have to go to, go to Bethlehem? I'm uncomfortable. The Son of God is using my bladder as a trampoline. I just, we got to stop. And we know how in labor, labor doesn't just happen. It ramps up. So for them to get to Bethlehem and bam, she has the baby, that means she would probably have been in active labor. And the first child you have, the labor is the worst. Because your body's like, how, whoo, I don't, what is, ah, 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 what is, hold up, ah. Listen, all I know, look, I don't have the, the plumbing or the necessary parts to have a baby, but I was in the room watching it go down, and I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. Because birthing life is the worst pain imaginable. It's worse than breaking bones. It's worse than getting shot. And you, you got to sit on it for days, and your body is like, baby, come out right now. Sounding sound, sound like an old school preacher. Come out, baby, in the name of Jesus, right now. Sound, <laughs> so she on a donkey, eighty-five, and an average eighty-five, and they probably in the middle of the desert. So probably hit a hundo a couple of times, and she just sitting there. She 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 on the on the donkey, and she just a labor. I'm gonna give you this one. Some part of the reason why we go through the suffering that we go through in the journey. Is that something that is not the devil attacking us? It's we're in labor. That we like God is breaking us on this journey to birth something new out of us. I remember growing up at Fellowship of Love, and there was one Sunday the Holy Spirit got so high, Bishop done fell out, and she began to cry out. And everybody's like, What's wrong with Bishop? You remember that Sunday? What's wrong with Bishop? Pastor Denise and a few other of the ministers and elders began to surround her, and I began, Pastor, Pastor Denise began to scream, Push. And at that time in the life of the church, we were going through a major struggle. Because the devil thought he could run rough shot around the building. But we thought what we thought was the attack of the enemy was, also, was actually labor pains. I, look, I remember that vividly. All I know is that my grandma was on the floor screaming, and I going, push! And my mom was just directing the choir. Keep going, y'all. Keep going. So we cannot, 
Don't get weary in well-doing. We cannot get weary. We can't get tired. We can't get frustrated because these things are going to happen. I wish Leroy was here right now. I'm going to send this to him because you have to go through some things. You have to fight some stuff, especially when God is calling you to higher and greater. It is not going to be easy. I know it's not going to be easy. Woo. Right, we're like, I could just go back to them drugs. But God's like, nope, we're not doing that. You have to endure. You have to fight. You got to fight the criticism. You got to fight the haters. You got to fight the people. I don't know why you go over to that church and he loud and crazy. I don't get it. They speak in tongue too much. I think, think we, you have to, look, I, look, there's stuff that I've had to endure pastoring this church in the past four and a half years. It will blow your mind. But the thing is, I knew, God, you're taking me. You're taking us somewhere, so I can't give up. So I'm going to sit on this donkey in a hundred-some-odd-degree heat, pregnant, with, pregnant getting, getting, getting my ribs kicked, kicked the mess out of, going through active labor to get to there. I have to get where? There. I'm feeling this thing now. So we have to have faith. We have to have endurance. And then we have to understand the moment. So the next scripture, Treyon, should be Ecclesiastes, no, Romans 13, 11 and 13. Isn't it in there? Okay, we'll do Ecclesiastes first. Yep, we got to do Ecclesiastes first so I can build it. All right, so Ecclesiastes 9, 11. Now, here's the thing. We people usually take Ecclesiastes 9, 11 and Matthew 24, 13 and mash them together. And that ain't, that's not how it's read. This is how it's read. Again, I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong or bread to the wise or riches to the discerning or favor to the skillful. Rather, time and chance happen to all of them. You're like, what? That's what, that's what it said in the Bible. I ain't write that. That's what the Bible says. It's like the race is not given to the swift on the battle to the strong, but he that endures to the end. You just, you just remix two scriptures. You my Old Testament, the Old Testament, New Testament, it's 2021 remix on that. But, we, but time and chance happen to all of them. What does that mean? That they are at the right occurrence. I was going to go into the, to the Hebrew on this, but I forgot what the Hebrew word said, but both of them said, talked about time, moment, and opportunity that they were at the right place in the right time, and they understood what that moment meant. That's a word. Ain't that a word? That they understood, or as I, what, I what, was last series that I talked about this, I understood the assignment. That was at that moment they understood the assignment. Some, sometimes on this journey, you have to understand that there are moments, there are times and opportunities that God has set you up for to accelerate you forward. The, the, the problem ain't God, is you. You got to know what that moment is. Romans, is it there? Romans 13, 11. We thank God for technology because I need y'all to get, I need y'all to hear this scripture. Because I got to, so we went to the Hebrew. Can I go into the Greek? For those of y'all who are, who are new here, by vocation of my job, I'm a word nerd. 
So I will literally go break something down to its to its root. Because to understand proper intention, you got to understand where it came from. So Hebrews 13, 11 to 12 says this. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. So let me take that word time out of 11 and break this down for you. The word time in verse 11 comes from the Greek kairos. Huh. Kairos. So, so in, in biblical interpretation, the word kairos actually means an appointed time. Kairos is different from chronos. Chronos is logical time. Chronos is the time on the clock. So this wasn't talking about it's 6 o'clock in the morning, your alarm is going off. This, what it's saying is this is the time for you to move. This is your appointed moment. And again, the thing, what, it's, not that, it's not God's problem. It's us realizing, hmm, this, there's something here. There's something here. I'm on this journey, but I'm at a point, and something's telling me I need to go that way. Instead of, I'm just going to do what I do. God, for us to, to really get through the journey, we have to be aware of what the times are saying. We have to be aware of what is going on in our own personal walks because there is a destination. You are not called to wander. Can I talk about this? For, I'm going to talk about this for a little bit. Then we're almost done. That we are not called to be wanderers. We are not called to just look the earth without purpose. God has given us destinations. And when we get to the destination, he'll give us the directions for the next part. If you trust me here, I'll take you to here. If you trust me to get this job, if you do what I tell you to do in the journey, and you understand the moment, when you understand that nudge of do your resume, when you understand that nudge of make an Indeed profile, when you understand the nudge of you might want to check your email, when you understand the nudge of answer that phone, I know you don't know that number, but you better answer that number. When you, for me, is when you understand that nudge of don't wear that, wear this. God set you in the place of promise. God set you in the place where you need to be. He has made it ready for you to walk into it. It is your choice to what? Walk into it. A part of the reason... Why a lot of people, and God's, I've been really praying for our recovery ministry because God's about, God's about to do some cool stuff in there. I'm just going to tell y'all. I'm just going to warn y'all. When y'all see it, let me know. God's about to do some real cool stuff. 
But for a lot of people, is that God has placed them in a moment, but the enemy has used their fears against them because they have been told all of their lives that they can only go this far. You only going to be this much. You only going to you going to be just like your mama, just like your daddy, just like all them people before you. You going to be stuck on stupid. You going to be this and that and this and that and this and that. But God is saying, I have set you up for this moment. This is the appointed time. This is the opportunity, to circle, the, the chance that I've given you to step into the final leg of this journey. And it's up to us to say yes. Kairos. Right place. Right time. How I teach it to my, to my English students, because, you know, I have to teach them ethos, logos, and pathos, and all that stuff, and but the concept of kairos fits into it like this. This is going to help some of y'all. That, that kairos is what is surrounding the moment. The person is saying the speech. They're writing this article. Okay, before you jump down the neck on what they said, what is going on in the time frame of, this, of which this has been written? And how is what's going on around you influencing that thing? So you can be at the right moment. I don't know why I'm going here, but I got to. That you can be in the right moment. God has set some of y'all up several times in your life for the right moment. But because the people around you were acting like they was Job's friends in the 2000s, you missed your moment. But God is not slack concerning his promises. So I know some of y'all notice that stuff happens over, the same moments happen over and over and over again. And they say, you don't need to do that. I don't know why you say, how did you get up over your ears? Somebody just, just, just tell them, shut up. So you'll probably just lay on the TV like, you're not supposed to say that, daddy. I'm going to say today. Just be like, shut up. God said this way. I'm in this moment. I feel like I'm living in Groundhog Day. Every time that I'm going to slide up into it. Getting there, you got to understand the moment. Got to understand the GPS. If the GPS says turn left, you better turn left. If the GPS says speed trap, you better slow down. Amen. Hallelujah. We are grateful for Google Maps for saving me from several tickets this year. I felt a praise. Listen, since I got that car, I'll be speeding. I didn't use the speed, but I speed now. And look, and the base speed limit to get to my job is 70. I'll be doing 75, 76, 77. God help me. But, you know, when, 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 I, when I always have Apple, all, uh, Android Auto, I want to be like, speed trap ahead. Let me just slow on down real quick. Slow down. On, mm -hmm. We have to trust the moment. So what is this there? The there is Philippians 3, 12 through 17. It should be the last scripture. And it's a fast message. Oh. Philippians 3, 12-17 says this, Not that I have already reached the goal or am already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Let's keep going. Yay! Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, hold of it but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward and what, to what is ahead, what do I do, y'all? What's next? I press. I pursue mm -hmm, as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. 
Like, no, we're not going to do that. No, we're just going to live there because that was the point. Therefore, all who are mature should think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. We're just going to live there. So the goal is to get to the mark. That's the there. I, pr- I pursue. We'll say, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. That's the goal. I don't know what, here's the thing, I don't know what there looks like for all of us. Your there is different from my there. Your journey, yes, we're all walking on this road of faith, but God takes us different places for different reasons. But the end point is the same, to walk with God. To walk in his power. To walk in his might. Power is not, power is not just pick them up, put them out, anything like that. Your power is walking in his thinking, in his mindset. See, we talked about this a long time ago. If you cannot demonstrate love, you can't demonstrate anything else. That's how we get there. So my question to you today is what is your there? Where in your, it doesn't, even, it doesn't have to be something super spiritual. What is happening in your life? What is the goal that you're trying to get to, that you feel like God is taking you to? I know for me, I need to get back into fighting shape. Because I'm, I'm in a shape, but not a good shape. <laughs> but I need to get back into fighting shape. And this time, do it in a different mindset. I can't. Because pre-pandemic, I was 240, 250, filling myself, but at a cost. So now I have to go through this journey again. And the thing is, God's been like, all right, buy this, buy this, buy this. You know that shed in your background, in your backyard? Yeah. Put a heater in there, set it all up, do what you got to do. Don't buy any more new clothes because y'all know I like to shop, praise God. I like me a good sale. Don't buy any more new clothes. Okay. Cancel your gym membership. What? Okay. Do these things. A goal that I have for this church is that we own this building. That's been a, that's a goal. Because for some people, like, you ain't going to be here long. You ain't going to be here long. You ain't going to be here long. And I said, I'm like, God, how long is long? God has said, your journey does not end here. But this is important to the journey. My prayer is that we are able to own this building. Are y'all praying and believing God for that with me? Even if we move, it's still going to be ours. I've been asking God how to give me wisdom on how to do it. There is one way we can do this where no cash will have to pass. So I'm praying for that way to be the way that works. For other people, you're there. Might be I need a new job. Let's be practical. We 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 stop being a pra- be practical in the church. Let's be practical. For some of y'all, you're there. Could be 
if I don't pay my rent, I'm going to be homeless. You know, there may be my rent's paid, my bills is paid, but I can't put food in my mouth. For some of you, you're there could be, I want to go to college. I want to go to school. and You might have started, but you need to finish. Or you might not have started at all. You're there would be, I want to see my children. So we have to understand that the journey is just important as the destination. Amen? Amen. You're going to make it. Y'all going to make it. I'm telling you, you're going to make it, and the fight is worth it. You're going to make it, and the fight is worth it.